Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Thanks to Mother Nature for those race highlights. It's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. Well, rain was the big winner, I think. Although Justin Haley might disagree. But rain, weather was a big winner in Daytona. It kind of screwed up the whole weekend. Yeah, always a disappointment. We got, we still got the big wreck. So, you know, something that we always see at these super speedways. So, uh, we got that. But, yeah, talk about uh, this is luck. There's nothing but that. It was just... Right timing. There was really no strategy. It was just the half of the field gets knocked out in front of you. You get by it, and then the rain comes. Yeah, it it was. We'll, we'll get into some of the stuff I heard at the post race press conference in a little bit. But yeah, there was there was. I've often said I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Justin Haley was lucky today. He really was. There was no strategy. There was no skill. There was nothing involved in that other than being one of the guys to miss the big one and when the the uh, weather delay started he was the benefit he was a benefactor because he was in first place and they never went back to racing so he gets his first cup win yeah and just his third career third career tra- start it's amazing let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished in the rain shortened rain drenched weekend at Daytona and and they tried to get this right i mean it was rain delayed yesterday Late today, they tried to get a full race in, and then just Mother Nature were not allowed. But in first place, uh, for his first career win, cup win, and just his third start, like we said, Justin Haley in the number seven, seven uh, number seventy-seven Chevy. Uh, good luck for the Hendrick Motorsports and Team Chevy. And second, we have William Byron, followed by Jimmy jo- Johnson. Uh, I believe this is this has got to be Johnson's best finish of it the is. season. Uh, Ty Dillon is in fourth. I know that's his best career finish. Uh, Ryan Newman in fifth, Corey LaJoy in sixth, followed what? by Eric Ambrola. Corey LaJoy in sixth? <laughs> um, Matt D'Ambedendetto in eighth, Matt Tiff in ninth, Kurt Busch in tenth. That's uh, quite a few drivers you don't usually see in the top ten. Yeah, here's another one. Landon Castle's 11th, J.J. Yaley 12th. I thought he retired. Michael McDowell 13th, 14th, Kyle Busch, 15th, Bubba Wallace, 16th, Paul Menard, 17th, Chris Busher, 18th, Daniel Hemrick. 19th, Brendan Gone, 20th, Kyle Larson. And 21st, we have Alex Bowman, followed by Martin Truex Jr., Eric Jones in 23rd, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in 24th. Uh, he actually spun out and was able to come back in the race. I was impressed by that. Joey Logano in 25th, Denny Hamlin in 26th. He was uh, one of the ones caught up in that big wreck. Uh, Joey Gass in 27th, 
BJ McLeod in 28th, Kevin Harvick in 29th, and Ross Chastain in 30th. 31st, Parker Kligerman, 32nd, Ryan Priest, 33rd, Austin Dillon, 34th, Clint Boyer. Wow, what a tough day for Boyer. Chase Elliott, 35th, rough day for Chase. Ryan Blaney, 36th, 37th, Quinn Huff, David Reagan, 38th, 39th, Brad Kazalowski, and 40th. I had to do overtime on this. There were 40 cars this week, man. I had to go like four or five cars over overtime, so yay to me. Daniel Suarez was 40th. So let's get back to this. Brilliant win by Justin Haley. I, I, I was listening to the post-race press conference, and his owner, who apparently can't speak a sentence without speaking an expletive, but um, and no, I'm not a prude, but that's just you just don't do that. You just don't do that in a press conference. I'm sorry, yeah. but he was he was touting what a what an amazing job his team did, what an amazing job his driver did, what you know what a great strategy. There was no strategy. Yeah, this was no strategy. This was luck. I don't care who you are. Okay, it's great. Third, it's it's a historic win. He gets a he gets a first win, his first career win, only leading one lap. But the, it was pure luck. Don't put this off as this barely was a fantastic even, performance by your team. He did. I don't think he even led a green flag lap because you had that big rack. He ends up in first. Yeah. And I was thinking earlier though. I've been complaining this season on a lot of the, some of the races have been sort of boring not a lot of passing and of course this is daytona so we know it's going to be exciting but i was thinking uh because this happened at talladega a few years ago where rain was coming and the drivers are racing every lap like it's the last one so i will say i almost wish there was a way that we can convince drivers every week that bad weather's coming so that they can race like every lap is the last one uh which ends up with of course we had the big one because uh Boyer made a move on Austin Dillon. He tried to block, and 17 cars are caught up in the big one, and then the rain comes, and you end up with uh, part-time. I mean, Justin Haley uh, isn't eligible to be locked into the chase, so um, this win, I mean, he gets the trophy, his team gets the money, all that, but he's not. he can't be locked into the chase. But he can get into the chase if... I believe they said the rules are they got to be in like the top thirty in points. Not going to happen. <laughs> Justin, enjoy this win, enjoy the time, you know, celebrate with your team. Whatever, we will not see you again in victory lane this year. Period. End of statement. Yeah, and and he's got to know that too. Um, Daytona, which this is the last Daytona five hundred, or not Daytona. This is the last Daytona race for around the 4th of July. You know, I always think of this as like the Firecracker 400. It's been the Pepsi 400. It this was be. Coke Zero 400. But I always think of it as like the Firecracker. I mean, when I think of 4th of July, of course, I think America's birthday and Independence Day and all that. And fireworks in Daytona. Yeah, and it's like, oh, all right, back at Daytona. Uh, rain has always been a problem for this race. It's been a problem for Daytona many years. Uh, but I can count this one more often, having rain delays, which stinks, but it happens. But I don't know how I feel about no more Daytona in July. I'll just say it. I'm cranky about it. I don't like it. I must, I'm in kind of a cranky mood anyway. So after listening to the post-race press conference and, and, and the owner, and I don't know who he is. I, I don't know if he's a big deal. But the, the, the kind of arrogant attitude that came forth in that press conference and the language he used, come on. If you can't, use, if you can't speak a sentence without using an expletive, you know, put somebody in front of the microphone that can do that because that's that's uncalled for. 
you know, you're an owner. You should know better than that. Um, I think it was inexcusable, in my opinion. But just the the, the attitude of, the, of and Peter Suspenzo is the crew chief. He's he was for many many years ago crew chief for uh, Jeremy Mayfield. Just acting like you guys did such an amazing job to win this race. You were at the right place at the right time after the big crash. You survived the crash. Didn't go back to green. If it had gone back to green, you would have you would have maybe maybe if this race had gone completely. If they had finished the race and it had been, it'd been a complete race, he maybe would have had a finish on the lead lap. It wouldn't have been a top 10. No. It wouldn't have been a top 15. It may be a top 20, but he was not going to even sniff a victory. So don't make off like this was some brilliant strategy by your team. You got lucky. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, there's some race has been called uh, for rain. It's never fun. It never feels like a complete race. It never seems fair, but there are times that – um, if it would have ended and Austin Dillon was still in the lead, I'm like, well, dang it, we didn't get a full race. But they did finish the first two stages. The rules are NASCAR can call it. If that's the case, and I don't see an opening, a break from the rain anytime soon. Austin had a good car today. Um, same with Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, even Jimmy Johnson. I mean, the team Chevy really looked good today, which we saw that earlier this year at Talladega. And... Um, even you know Eric Amarola, he's won before, but there's certain cars that uh, looked really well that if it had ended in there first, I'm like, yeah, you know what? But they survived, and he, you know, they they probably could have won at the end. Um, I mean, uh, I'm just telling you, Justin Haley would not have won this race no. if it had gone green the rest of the laps. If they restarted that race, he was done. He he was done. So don't. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just cranky. I I didn't like the attitude of the owner and the crew chief and and. Really, we'll take a listen to the to, to Justin here in just a minute. He was a whole different perspective. And uh, let's go ahead and listen to Justin Haley in his post-race comments when he was asked about what was what's the strategy at these these race these plate races. You haven't done many of them. What were you trying to do today? And uh, so here's here's your winner of the rain shortened Coke Zero Sugar 400. Justin Haley, your winner. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's hard because you have to stay close enough to the draft to. Uh, stay with the draft uh, you can't lose it because then you go multiple laps down but you have to stay far enough back that if a, the big one does occur uh, you can avoid it which we did perfectly there on that last caution so it's definitely a, kind of like a chess match of of keeping a gap enough but not losing it um, so strategically today I was just riding around uh, and I, I would have been really happy with a lead lap finish um, this is not my only third cup start ever so um you know, I, there was no expectation to win. There wasn't even a thought in my mind. Yeah, he did what he did. What every you've heard this a hundred times in these in these in these press conferences for Talladega and Daytona. Just stay away from the big one. Keep a hold of the draft. Bide your time. Make your move when it's appropriate. And he, I think, the most important part of that comment that he made in the post in the post race press conference was winning wasn't even on my mind. Yeah, I mean. And it's just his third start. He's just still kind of, I mean, if he can stay out of trouble and survive at the end with the clean car or a few scratches, that's most rookies or people first coming up in the Cup Series. Uh, you know, that's kind of what they want to do, and that's a win for them. So, I mean, you think of people like Martin Trex Jr., who's not yet won at Daytona in the Cup, and then this 20-year-old, this is going to forever count as Justin Haley's won at Daytona. Well, you have, I mean, you've had guys down through history who've 
a Derek Cope is is one who won a Daytona 500 because he was lucky. He wasn't going to win one any other way. But he's he forever is known as a Daytona 500 winner. He didn't do much else in his career, but he was a Daytona 500 winner. Michael Waltrip, you and I talked about him earlier. He had the Daytona 500 in, win in 2001, and then he had he he won the the 400 in was it the next year or the year after? I can't remember. But he had two wins at Daytona. That pretty much made Michael Waltrip's career because he was o for like 467 races for a win. If the I'm, I'm that may not be exactly correct, but he was o for 400. I know. And one of those was a rain delay. Yeah. So, you know, great for Justin. He seems like a he seems like a pretty cool young man, and it was it was interesting watching him while they were waiting for the race to be called, and he was nervous. I don't fault him. I just have I just have a problem with his owner's attitude, and and NASCAR for the most part has remained a sport that is very family friendly. You, I never had to worry about watching a race with my kids. I didn't have to worry about watching a, a press conference or driver interviews with my kids because they they were able to speak their mind and use English. But when an owner of a car is sitting in a press conference in front of the media in t- on TV and is dropping F-bombs, I'm sorry. You, you have no respect for me. Put your PR spokesman in that press conference. Let him tell your story, and you just sit there and look like a proud proud owner. I just That really just pet peeve of mine when people can't speak their mind and they can't speak a sentence without using an expletive. And that's – I'm off my I'm off my soapbox now, and, and – and, uh, Good for Justin. He, like you said, he's always a winner. Now he'll be forever be a Daytona winner. And this might be his only cup. We may win. never see him ever he's, again. And he's he's a he's a he's twenty years old. So he, I mean, who knows what the future? I mean, it's it's too soon to say. Um, Trevor Bain won, which he he legit won a Daytona five hundred. But at that time, we were like, you know, he was twenty, and we were like, what's this kid going to do? And then this wasn't able to perform after that. Um, and there are some drivers that do just. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., you know, he's one I never think of at any mile and a half or a short track, but Daytona or Talladega definitely don't count him out that there are drivers that uh, excel. Dale Earnhardt Jr. excelled so well because um, he learned well from his dad, uh, but he did really well at these tracks. So there are drivers that do well, and, and maybe he is one of them, but I, this is just not a fair chance yet. It's just, and it's hard to look down through these standings, and like we normally do, we look through the standings and, and pick out guys who had good runs. There's really. Other than Jimmy Johnson and William Byron having great runs. The people that had good runs got <laughs> knocked out. <laughs> you know, um, Corey LaJoy, lucky that he was sixth. He made, you know, he, he avoided the big one. Matt Tift, he's usually in 39th rather than ninth. Matt DiBenedetto has run well, and he is, he's had some top ten finishes. He's had some really good runs, so I'm not going to fault him. But some of these other guys, this is just, it's just a, a byproduct of, of the race. It's a byproduct of the big one. And they finished where they finished, and it's just kind of sad that the last July race at Daytona had to end this way. I wish it would have been a great battle to the finish, and and we could have been talking about a great race. And especially for, I mean, I, I get and I I've tried to be. You're not going to be grumpy NASCAR's, like me on NASCAR's decision to move this race. I I, I somewhat see what they're trying to do with. Okay, we start this regular season at Daytona. Now we're ending it next year at Daytona, right before the chase. And of course, Daytona's the crapshoot that everyone like someone like Justin Haley 
might have a chance to lock themselves into the round of 16 for the chase. But it's there. I didn't have a problem with Richmond being. I the thought last. Richmond was a great place to to end the regular season, and we had some great races at Richmond that ended up in guys winning their way into the chase, which was awesome. And of course, there was always. <laughs> I'll never forget the uh, the year of the scandal when when uh, Martin Truex Jr. won the race, but he got he got he was in the chase for a matter of a couple hours, but then. There was cheating alleged by his teammates, um, and he ended up not making it in the chase. Somebody else made it in the chase, but Jeff Gordon didn't make it in chase. And they made an that was that, that was the year they had thirteen. They had the chase was twelve, but they added Jeff Gordon into the chase for the thirteenth car because of the the shenanigans at Richmond. Boyer just had an itch on his arm. Yeah, it was an itch. He had poison ivy or something. Uh, but it's like, what's the difference with it being? Because it's still within the regular season, it still gives, you know, maybe an underdog or someone else a chance to still lock in. So difference here to the last regular season race, I just I'm not sure. Just for if NASCAR is trying to keep fans what they have, taking away a tradition like that. I mean, there's people that you know plan vacations to go to Daytona for the, to see this race, and uh, that's it's, it's really interesting. I, I I read an article this week. And it was yesterday, and I believe his, the young man's name is Ben Kennedy. He's the daughter of Lisa France Kennedy. Um, he's he was a he was a driver in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. He had one win there, but he is he is the heir apparent to the NASCAR throne. He's being groomed to take over NASCAR like his great grandfather and his grandfather. And I, I was reading this week that he is he was one of the masterminds behind this new schedule, and he's twenty something years old. And he's bringing a fresh new millennial view to NASCAR, and he's he's one of the ones responsible for this new schedule. And I can't remember the the executive he worked with, but apparently he had a lot of say in this new schedule. And once I read that article and I looked at the schedule, I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense why it's jacked up. Yeah, and I I don't know if I count as a millennial. I'm almost thirty, so I don't know if that whole era, but. Uh, and I, I hadn't really looked at the 2020 schedule yet. Um, I knew Kansas was being changed. You know, it wasn't going to be a night race next year. It was going to be the NMA. Their reason for that, uh, you know, that it was it interfered with a lot of commencement ceremonies. It was on Mother's Day that's weekend. A bo- that's a bogus reason. So I'm, I'm kind of at six on having night races. But there, there are not enough graduates. There are not enough graduation ceremonies in Kansas City where this race is, that race was held. To affect the attendance at a NASCAR race, I'm sorry, that is a lame, lame excuse. And it stinks not having night race in there. Yes, but then yesterday, I actually hadn't heard yet because um, really, I, I don't look at the next year's schedule till later on. I'd heard a couple other changes, but then when I heard yesterday was the first time, like I had to do a double take when I heard on the broadcast that this was the last one in July, and he was like, "Wait, no!" And then I looked, and I really looked at the 2020 schedule, and was like. What is going on here? We're not even at Homestead for the end of the season. Like, that's crazy. Which that's changed before. It hasn't always been at Homestead. It used to be in Atlanta. So that, but it was just what happened here. And and I think one of the one of the goofy. And again, sorry guys, I'm cranky. I don't know what it is. I, I'm just in a cranky mood. But who? What brain trust thought up putting the Pocono races back to back? One on Saturday, one on Sunday. That's like six hours of lame racing. 
I can't stand Pocono. It's just not one of my favorite tracks. But to put them back to back, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I, there's got they're going to announce some kind of s- silly gimmick for that race. There's going to be some kind of silly gimmick because they're back to back. I can't imagine the team owners enjoying that situation because you've got you're going to have to take two cars. You can't run both of those races with one car. Just can't. Yeah. And if you crash, you got to have a, you know, the, the, I don't know what they were thinking when they put those two races back to back. And some of the other changes I'm just, I don't, I don't like, but I'm an old get off my lawn kind of guy and leave it alone and let's, let's do it like we've always done it. And come on. Now I'm going to, I want to backtrack a bit. Since we weren't able to do a show last week, uh, Chicagoland. <laughs> but uh, I will say, Chicagoland just like was just as exciting as Kansas. It was. It was a great. And race. you know, I've been waiting. We've, we and besides it being rained out today, Daytona, of course, it usually is never disappointing. It was exciting today, especially with the rain coming. Drivers, you know, were driving, being aggressive, making last minute moves they probably want to make early on in a regular race. But Chicagoland last week, you know, we've talked about these young drivers needing to step up, get personalities and whatnot. And Alex Bowman last week, it was almost a repeat of Kansas. He was leading, had a great car, and then Kyle Larson gets past him. And I, and I was thinking, oh, man, dang it. Um, I mean, I would have been happy for Larson, too. Yes, he, um, he's run well enough to deserve a win. But Bowman, I was like, dang it, man, you had it. And then all of a sudden... He comes back, and he, you know, there was a bit of bump and rubbing, but clean racing. Uh, nobody wrecked out. Um, and they kind of mimicked last year between Larson and Bush. Larson just doesn't seem to win at uh, those bump and rubbing Chicagoland um, incidents. But Bowman said, I'm tired of being second. And he he came back, and he won his first cup race. I mean, I wish... We were t- I wish it was more exciting for Justin Haley for a first cup win, but Bowman, he earned it. And the attitude of, I'm tired of being second. And just because you're racing against Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, or Martin Truex Jr., you guys are all in the top series that you're, you're you know, the best drivers in the world. Go out there and, and don't. I mean, the reason we can't, we can't stand Kyle Busch, but the reason Kyle Busch wins a lot because he goes out there and is like, I'm not being second today. And, yep. th- and that's why he wins. And I was so glad to see a young driver have that attitude. Uh, it was funny too. After his burnout, he got his car stuck in the mud. But that <laughs> was a rookie a, mistake. It's you know not a good start for NBC <laughs> Sports for you know the first two races. Two rains, rain delayed, rain out. I mean, what a dreadful start. But right. Chicago, if they made that one a night race or something, that was exciting. Yeah, uh, it was both Kansas and Chicago. Uh, definitely in my top. Five races this year so far. Oh yes, absolutely. That was that was a great race, and and it was it was interesting that Alex Bowman kind of talking about being in a cranky mood. He was a little cranky after that race because he was tired of taking all the grief, and he even called out his teammate a little bit, Jimmy Johnson, who had possibly criticized him a little bit. I, I never saw the the direct quote, and I never heard it, never read it, but something to the effect that you know, hey. You know, you're always a second place finisher. You know, and, and maybe, maybe Jimmy Johnson. I, and again, I didn't read it. I don't know the context. Maybe Jimmy Johnson was trying to say, "Hey, step it up a little bit, 
get tired of finishing second. You know, go out there, go for the win. And, you know, who knows how he took it and whatever. But it was a great win by him. And I think he's going to be a winner. We're going to see more wins from him in the future. And uh, watch for him on those mile-and-a-half tracks. And I remember seeing an interview with him years ago on uh, Fox Sports 1, and and he was on an underdog team at the time with, uh, I think, like, David Reagan or something, and they asked, you know, do you think you're going to be able to win races or have a top career like Jeff Gordon? And he was like, no, I'm not. That's not me. It's not going to be me. I've lived, you know, I've learned to live with that. But he was just kind of like accepting that, you know, he was just kind of stuck at a, one of those smaller teams. And then Junior gave him the chance a few years ago when he was out with the concussion. And once he was in, you know, a Hendrick Motorsports car, well, we got to see a bit more what he can do. And now, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he has the chance to possibly make something. He's a young driver and he will, he'll, he'll make, he, he's, he is talented enough that he's going to, he's here for a long time. He's, he's a long-term cup driver and he's going to get his, his share of wins. And, uh, he's with a great owner. You, you can't deny that Rick Hendrick is one of the best owners in, Victory wise, he's one of the best owners in the sport. Yeah, they may be the, he may be the winningest owner in in the sport. I can't remember where he's at, but he's a great guy. He he has a great eye for talent. He trusts his drivers to show him drivers who are good enough to be in a Hendrick car. Jimmy Johnson found, or Jeff Gordon found Jimmy Johnson. Dale Earnhardt Jr. found Alex Bowman. He trusted Jeff Gordon to put Jimmy Johnson in a car, and that worked out pretty well. And that junior also, I mean, kind of helped Chase Elliott. Chase know? Elliott, yeah. I, I think I think Mr. Hendrick and and uh, Bill Elliott had a good enough relationship that I think there was a little. I think, but I think Junior put him in a Junior Motorsports Xfinity car. It was sort of like a waiting, like tryout, holding, and it was like. Kyle Busch did a good job uh, finding William Byron and had him in the you know the truck series. I saw his first truck win at Kansas in 2017, and then when there was like Junior was able to like Gibbs or you know there was no opening to save him for a Gibbs car, and they knew that there was possibly one opening up. You know there'd be an opening for him, and so just like Elliott Junior, they were able to grab William Byron. Now you may help. My mind is a little foggy on this, but wasn't Brad Keselowski? driving for Hendrick. Yes. And it, the time came when he was ready to make the move to Cup and there was just there was no spot for him in the Hendrick organization. And I, I I can't remember who brought him to Hendrick. I don't I don't remember if it was Gordon or Jimmy Johnson. I don't remember uh, my 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 memory's a little faded there, but he was another driver. Hey Mr. Hendrick, you ought to take a look at this kid and they, he did well, but when the time came, nothing for him. And so he went on to Pinsky and and there's some drivers that get a shot maybe way too soon like Joey Logano who got you know was in the you know Gibbs Joey Logano car. needed to grow up <laughs> he was a young kid and he he had a he he had an attitude and he had a mouth on him and his 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 <laughs> to quote a line from the movie Top Gun he was uh, writing checks his body couldn't cash at that time he's come he's gone on to be a a champion. So he's it turned out well, but he had some growing pains. He he really he wasn't a good fit with Joe Gibbs racing. Joe Gibbs racing is pretty 
and I say, I, as I say that, I'm knowing in my brain, Kyle Busch is at Joe Gibbs Racing. but And he was in Hendricks, too, at one point. He was at Hendricks, too. Absolutely, he was. But Joe Gibbs Racing is a, is a more even-keeled, keep your, keep, your, you know, keep your temper, you know. It's just the kind of person Joe Gibbs is, and that's what he expects out of his drivers. And Joey Logano just didn't quite fit there. And again, thinking back... I say that again, and Tony Stewart was a driver for Joe Gibbs Racing, and they tried to tried to dial him back a little bit. It wasn't always successful because Tony was always spoke his mind. But but you talk to anybody that's ever driven for, for Joe Gibbs, and they have nothing but good things to say about the coach. You know, it's it is what it is, and maybe this maybe Justin Haley, maybe he maybe he will get with a, a first class organization. Yeah, you know this could be this could open a door for him. It really could. This could do many things for him, but I still I still am a little. I just gotta say, I mean, he's been in three star. I gotta see him race more again. You know, the Cup Series, um, and I haven't been able to watch you know really any of the Xfinity races this year. But you know, I, I can kind of look at that and get an idea. You know, I, I knew drivers like Chase Elliott, Eric Jones. You know, watched them in Xfinity. Some things they can do. It's like okay, these guys if they can make it up to Cup full time. They got a chance. Yeah, and 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 this could be this could be like I said, it could be an open door for him. Um, but to to for anybody to say what a brilliant performance, and I heard him say this on the television broadcast before they called the race, what a brilliant performance by Justin Haley. No, no it was it was not a brilliant <laughs> performance. He was in the right place at the right time and took advantage of the situation. And Mother Nature was in the right place at the right time. Mother Nature, I knew as soon as when the big wreck happened and they were showing. You know, the clouds off in the distance, I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to clean that mess up and get this from red, yellow to green before, you know, rain starts to come. Or, I mean, first of is they have to wait 30 minutes every time there's a lightning strike eight miles, you know, in an eight-mile radius around the track. So that delay. And I applaud NASCAR. They, I think, did try as, as long as they could, held it off. And then it was just at a point. It's Sunday. It's coming up to Sunday night, and it's. I I I found it interesting on on Twitter. Um, I follow lots and lots of the drivers and, and lots of the NASCAR officials. And and one of my favorites and your favorites too is Clint Boyer. And and he tweet he 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 sent out a tweet. He goes, "Just pulled in the driveway at home, and they still haven't called this race." And he was already home before the race was was called. Of course, he flies on a. You know, he has a private jet, and he, he gets somewhere a little bit quicker than us normal folks. But he was already home, and they still hadn't called the race. But I hate it for him because, I mean, he he made an aggressive mood, uh, move, and all the drivers, I mean, they were they knew what was coming. And it was just – I don't think it was anyone's fault. It was, you know, Boyer was trying to make an aggressive move to pass Dylan, and Austin Dillon blocked him, and it was just chain reaction after that. Maybe not the time to be blocking. I don't know. That's that's always going to be a debate. I, I saw some driver tweet, and I can't remember who it is right now off the top of my head. But he says, you, you, "Not every block has to be made. The time you make well, the time you make the block is on the last lap going for the victory. Sometimes those blocks end up like we had today. But they, I mean, they thought this could be the last. I think they were just like any lap could be the last one. And it reminded me of Talladega a few years ago, and it, it was nice." Because you always have drivers that, you know, the super speedways that kind of wait back, and then they do wait until the move. I always like Junior's strategy, uh, strategy, though. He always mentioned he liked staying up front, which, of course, in this case, wasn't the best place to be. But for the most part, 
the middle of the pack is when the big wreck happens, and if you can be closer up front, you might have a better chance of avoiding that. But uh, next week we're on to Kentucky. Yeah, let's put the let's put the frustration let's put the frustration of Daytona behind us and look forward to Kentucky and another win by Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, whenever <laughs> Kentucky Speedway, I always think of I think that's the Speedway where the guy the fan climbed the fence a few oh, years yes. ago. Yeah, they had a, and I just remember like they didn't show it on the broadcast till uh, it was on Fox Sports. And I just, I think it was Dale Waltrip was like, yeah, we got a caution for somebody doing something really stupid. And they didn't show it. They wanted to draw attention to it. But the photo of just a shirtless guy, drunk, climbing the catch fence. Allegedly drunk. <laughs> Allegedly drunk. But Kentucky Speedway, not been around all that many years. Um, but some guys have dominated there. And, and, and as we were talking a little bit earlier, it looks like maybe Joe Gibbs, or one of his drivers – Mate or Pinsky, yeah, you're right. Which only one Brad Kozowski's alone from Pinsky, but yeah, uh, you know, we've I, the, the positive thing is we've had a couple weeks with Team Chevy and non Team Pinsky or Joe Gibbs uh winning, so that's I guess maybe a positive look on Justin Haley's win. But uh, going into Kentucky, Martin Truex Jr. has the last you know, he's won in 2018 2017. In 2016, we got Brad Kozlowski, before that Kyle Busch, and then before that it is Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, and Matt Kenseth when he was with Joe Gibbs. So, wow. Who are you going to pick? You know, I'm gonna, I, I am going to go with Kyle Larson. I think the way he's run recently, following up on his Chicagoland run in the second place there, and, and he was battling for the win down to the last lap. I think this is going to be his week. I really do. He runs well. Again, Kentucky is a mile-and-a-half track, similar to Kansas, similar to Chicagoland, similar to all the other mile-and-a-half tracks. I think I think Kyle Larson may be, it may be his time. Well, I'm going to go with the Kyle, too, but it won't be Larson. And I, I hate – I'm not a fan of Kyle Busch, <laughs> but I think that uh, he's going to be able – I think he's he's ready for a win again this season. And uh, he's done it multiple times before uh, at Kentucky. Uh, he has, you know, run there in recent years. So um, I'll go him. And I don't see Martin Martin Truex Jr. He could win there the three in a row. It's definitely possible. Same. I mean, it's just crazy to look at this and it's like, oh no, <laughs> there's a good chance. Uh, but it would be nice for Larson and to kind of break up this. Uh, it would break it up. So everybody out there. Positive vibes, positive thoughts for Kyle Larson. And hopefully, racing. me picking Kyle Bush will jinx Kyle. Well, you've tried Bush. that strategy a couple times this year, and it's not worked out so well yet. But I've not had a pick that's won before, so <laughs> Kyle Bush might do well, but uh, maybe he won't win. Well, hence making picks like I do is why I still work in in in, in television, and I'm not on some boat somewhere. And maybe famous. it'll end up being uh, Kyle Bush and Larson like at Chicagoland last year, and Larson will have the upper hand learning that would from. Be- Last week at Chicagoland and learning against Kyle Busch. That would be awesome. How would you like to see Kyle Busch spinning into the wall on the last lap as Kyle Larson goes and takes the checkered flag? I know Kyle Larson would probably like that. Kyle Larson would like that. Whatever happens next week in Kentucky, we'll be here on the Fox 4 Race Zone, and we will wrap up all the action. Hopefully, please, 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 no rain next weekend in Chicagoland. Or, I mean... In Kentucky. Of course, it's been raining in Kentucky since, like, March. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it's been a wet spring. But hopefully, you know, again, for NBC Sports, 
they would like to get a race in on time, on the day it's supposed to run, without rain delay. They've used up all of their rain delay coverage in their first two races. They've talked about everything they can talk about. What were you telling me today? They were they were it, 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 they were just going to the drivers of trailers and just like, oh look, here's a case of beer, here's some play doh. It's probably you know cash boyers and it's just uh, yeah. NBC wants wants a wants a sunny day with great racing. And hopefully they'll break this string of rain delays. My thing is, but if it comes to a point where it's obviously going to be a long rain delay, just replay last year's race or show <laughs> highlights of you know events, you know, like juniors, you know, win there in two thousand one. Do something like that, and it just—it's so. Uh, we've talked about it before. It's just cringeworthy, and it's just like I don't care. I get I don't, it's a I rain don't delay. Care what Clint Boyer had for breakfast. But whatever happens in Chicagoland, we'll be back here on the Fox 4 Race Zone to wrap it up. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. Everybody have a fantastic week.